But um, I know that I want to like travel the world and I want to explore Europe. I actually got to go to Paris and London when I was like nine because I have a lot of family in England. So I got to go visit Europe and I love it there. So I want to visit like all these countries and travel the world. And yeah, I don't know. I have a lot of big dreams and plans. And it's like, it's hard for me because like, it seems so far away. And I'm just like, I want to get to it now. I want to get to the juicy parts of life. Like I'm, I'm kind of bored of high school, you know? Welcome to No Small Thing, the podcast dedicated to helping you live a less certain and more curious life. I'm Mace, and Scott is not here for this intro, but Scott is here for this episode. Welcome to episode 115, Enneagram 7s with Lily Dawes. So this interview was done on Thursday night with Scott and I, but I'm just here to give an intro of what you can expect and what this interview is all about. So Per usual, on an episode that ends with a five or a zero, it's Enneagram, and we had the gift and pleasure of interviewing Lily Dawes, who has been a longtime listener of the pod and has become a friend of ours through the podcast. Um, she found us. She's reached out to us about so many different things, including the Enneagram, and so as we were thinking of doing another Enneagram episode, we kind of knew we wanted to and needed to talk to Lily. She was featured in our Enneagram and COVID episode, but the interview just wasn't long enough. So she's joined us this week to share her journey with the Enneagram. We talk about the B word, boredom, and Enneagram sevens. Scott and Lily get in deep connection as they talk about their subtypes and being sexual self-pres sequencing. So that's really fun. This interview was also just a really sweet way for us to hear from Lily. She is full of wisdom and insight, curiosity, and is so fun. We really hope you enjoy this episode because it was seriously such a gift for us to get to talk with her. And she's for sure a part of the No Small Thing squad. So this won't be the last time that you hear from Lily, hopefully. Um, we hope you enjoy this interview. Catch you on the flippity flop. Okay. You want to start? Yep. Okay, guys. We are here live on Zoom <laughs> talking with Lily and Enneagram 7. Um, Lily, do you want to introduce yourself? Sure, yeah. So my name is Lily. I'm 16 and I'm an Enneagram 7, wing 6, I believe. Mm, it's been mm. a long struggle to figure out my wing, but I think I've settled on 6. And I'm so happy to be here. I've been into the Enneagram for about two and a half years now, and it's been a long journey. I've mistyped, I have learned, I have grown, and yeah. <laughs> and where do you live? I live in Bentonville, Arkansas. Arkansas. Yeah, yeah, I always get it wrong, but man, that's so cool. Yeah. <laughs> Zoom is the life right now. We're not doing anything um, out really of the ordinary is. now. Everybody's like, yeah, Zoom call. We get it. You know? I know. <laughs> we, we we were friends with Lily pre-COVID. Yeah. You found us through No Small Thing, and we found you through No Small Thing. But I do yeah. think in a 2020 era, it's like more common that we would be like, yeah, and now's a great time to do an interview with Lily because we're more versed in Zoom life. Mm -hmm. It's like mm -hmm. before this probably didn't feel like it could happen. 
How did you find us, though? What what, what was it? What 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 happened? To be honest, I'm not really sure. Um, <laughs> I think I was, I was looking through podcasts. It was last summer, and I was just bored. I was, like, making crafts and stuff, and I was like, oh, it'd be nice to have a nice new podcast to listen to. So I was looking on Spotify, and I was looking in just podcasts, and then I was like, ooh, a colorful logo. I like it. And so I clicked on it, and I was like... <sighs> Oh, Enneagram. Wait, this is cool. I should listen because I know the Enneagram. So I listened to an Enneagram episode. I think it was Enneagram 4 because I still thought I was a 4 at the time. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh my gosh, these people are so cool. I'm so excited to listen to more. And yeah. A colorful logo. That makes my art really happy. Dang it. What's (laughs) that all about? I love the logo. I still love it. Like, honestly, it's amazing. We changed it like two weeks Two months in, and I was the best change for us. We did a good job. Someone wrote a review that was like, "Your logo needs work." It was it was like a little <laughs> bit like more dark and foreboding. It yeah. didn't have enough white space. It didn't have the white space. Yeah, yeah. It, we we have it hanging above the window here now, and it's meant to be inspiring to us. But I think it's like I always say, you don't really quite know what I mean when I say this, but it's like the bat signal. Yeah, I don't know what you mean. By that. <laughs> <laughs> I guess for people that don't know the bat signal. Um, it's a big spotlight with a bat symbol that the police put in the sky when they're mm. wanting Batman to arrive. Why? How is this like the it's bat like when somebody signal? when somebody wants a no <laughs> small thing episode, they put it out into the sky and we go, okay, <laughs> here we go. <laughs> oh my gosh, that sounds epic. Yeah. <laughs> like so funny yeah. and ridiculous. We're speaking my language right now. Um, okay, Lily. Yeah, Lily was curbing the boredom and found no Curbing thing. the boredom. That was good. <laughs> and um okay i guess i guess we should also just say this is an enneagram episode so lily is an enneagram seven guest we're gonna be talking about enneagram sevens with lily we're gonna get this is actually can you believe it our only our second enneagram seven episode ever after all these enneagram episodes i think that makes sense we're going through the numbers a second time I know, but like, think we haven't focused on sevens for like over a year. I know. And the last time we did sevens, have you listened to the seven episode we did? Yes, I have. I loved it. It yeah. was awesome. It was crazy town. The sevens Tap really, twos. two sevens. Two sevens on, it yeah. really, uh-huh. they really bounced off each other. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So should we get started with Journey? I think so. I think typical no small thing fashion. Yeah. Like Lily, Great. if you just so, want to talk about yeah, your enneagram, you yeah. know, you know what to do. You know what to do. Awesome. <laughs> so yeah, I think I talked about it a little bit in the COVID episode, but it was very brief. So I'll go into more detail, yes. I guess. Wonderful. So I found the enneagram March, I think, of 2018. I was 14 in eighth grade, and I just I found it through the music artist Sleeping at Last because he was doing um, oh, yeah. enneagram songs basically. So he had released songs for one, two, and three, and I listened to them, and I learned about the types, and I honestly thought there were only three types. <laughs> and so I was like, oh, I think I'm a three. So that was what I typed myself as with pretty minimal knowledge. <laughs> the awesome. podcast Did you only know like ones, twos, and threes? Yes. So between yeah, the three? I learned all those numbers, and I learned pretty... Yeah, I learned I learned a lot about them, and I tied myself <laughs> as a three, and I was like, oh, that sounds like me. I'm pretty hardworking. I do a lot of things, and so, yay, I'm a three, um, and I still found it pretty fascinating, so I looked more into it, and I realized there were nine types, <sighs> <laughs> and that is when I found out or assumed that I was a four, and I read about it, and I really felt seen. I felt like this is who I am. 
I was actually going through a bit of an identity crisis at the time. I didn't really have a clear sense of self. So the Enneagram was actually pretty helpful in that regard. And it actually kind of paved the way for a lot of growth work and having a label, I guess, to put on myself was a step in the right direction. Um, I, I'm not saying you should put labels on yourself, but it was kind of nice at the time. Language so is yeah, I labeled myself as a four. I learned about it and I learned more about myself and I learned that I had these qualities and it was really great and awesome. Um, and yeah, I just kind of went on with the assumption that I was a four for a while. And then flash forward to January of this year, I was listening to you guys. I was listening <laughs> to your subtypes episode and I was trying to figure out what my subtype was. And I went back and forth trying to figure out which subtype I was when I thought I was a four, but none of them really resonated with, with me a lot. So I decided to look at the seven subtypes because I remember reading ones that one of the seven subtypes can look like four. So I was like, mm. maybe there's a chance I mistyped. So I was looking at stackings and I read the sexual self-preservation stacking and I was like, oh my gosh, I've mistyped. This is me. Like it literally <laughs> described me. And I was like freaking out. I was telling my mom, mom, I mistyped. This is so fascinating. I'm a seven. I never thought I'd be a seven. And um, you say your mom was a two? Yes. Yeah, she's yeah. a two. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it was like so exciting. Like honestly, I was so excited to find this out I don't know why it was just really cool I mean I guess in true seven fashion everything is everything new is exciting to me so it was really exciting and yeah <laughs> if I then, found out I had mistyped and I shame. wasn't a four I would have been shame. like <laughs> I would have gone through a dark spiral <laughs> it would not have been exciting <laughs> that's, I'm, yeah, that's great um but yeah, it was it was really cool. And since then, I have learned a lot about sevens. I originally thought that sevens were kind of just party animals and they didn't really have a lot to them other than they were just happy all the time mm. and stuff like that, which I've always kind of been that way, but I've had a lot of depth to me more than that. Um, and I've realized that the seven is so deep. Like, so like there are so many layers to the seven that I did not even realize. Mm. Yeah. So learning more about the seven and connecting with other sevens and reading and learning about myself, it has just been great. And it is, I've grown so much in the past like seven or eight months <laughs> since I found out that I was a seven. So yeah, Dang. that's my journey so far, I guess. <laughs> that's it. The journey. <laughs> Wait, I mean, first of all, I also just think we were think we were talking before the podcast started, like, we're not exactly sure. And there's no information that we can find out there of like, when is the exact right time? And mm -hmm. I don't, I don't really think there would be an exact right time for somebody to start engaging with the Enneagram. I mean, mm -hmm. my kids literally are 14 and 16. So I have a 14 year old yeah. daughter, 16 year old son. So they're right in this zone. Yeah. Yes. And we talk Enneagram all the time in our house. Mm -hmm. um, so I don't know. It, I, I, I don't know. Maybe the idea is to have people be, I, this is what I'm feeling as I hear Lily talking is like, there could be a certain argument to be made that like, if you're engaging it with this much earnestness and intentionality yeah. at this mm -hmm. age, it mm -hmm. could be a very helpful tool because this is the age where you're trying to figure yourself out and to be given language. It just yeah. feels like we talk to teenagers all the time. It seems like your journey has been like more rapid. Not that you don't have more to learn about yourself. It's not like you've arrived, but it's like hearing uh -huh. you talk is like, this has been a very rapid sense of self-discovery. Yeah, you're totally right. And 
honestly, that's kind of been a pattern for my whole life. I've always been quick to learn and quick to develop. And um, my parents have always been like, oh, you're just so socially ahead. You act like you're 30 years old when you're 12. <laughs> um, and, told me that too. and I've always felt like that. I've always felt like I should be in my 20s right now, but I'm only 14 or something. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyways, yeah. Yeah, it just, I don't know. It's kind of been like that my whole life. I've just kind of had a rapid development. And I guess that kind of ties into the seven nature. Sevens just are on the go always. And um, I was reading the wisdom to prepare and it was talking about how sevens are very quick minded and they learn very fast and stuff like that. So it makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Gosh, we're already put, I feel like we're already putting a little placeholders for the the conversation tonight. I know. I I know. Like as you, as you talk, it's like, oh man. Can I ask one question? Well, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm, I don't want to take over, but like, I already am excited about a question. Right now. <laughs> Scott's leaning in <laughs> deeply. <laughs> so what would you say initially in this, in this sense of mistyping? Like, cause this is what I'm really intrigued by these days is how, how would a four and a seven blend together? Yeah. Like, it seems like there are some pretty big similarities. Yeah. So the four, I guess for me, it's like the fascination Um, I'm very intrigued to like just small moments and like I just find things very beautiful like I find music very beautiful and I find candles beautiful and I find sunsets beautiful and I just everything is like fascinating to me Um, and I guess that's one of the reasons I missed as a four I was like oh fours are very deep and sensitive and they appreciate these small things and so that's you know that's I guess that's for me that's how the four and seven relate um but I realized that sevens at a healthy level also embody those traits of appreciating the little things and for me that's also when I feel most fulfilled is when I stop and I appreciate everything that I have and this is getting kind of deep I love it but Yeah, that's definitely when I feel the most fulfilled. And obviously a seven, their desire is to be fulfilled. So it feels like a constant struggle to be at that point. Um, And the sevens are future oriented. So they're always looking for new experiences, new objects, new things to satisfy that desire. But when they stop and they pause and they look at, oh, this thing I have right here is so beautiful. I don't need to Mm. look for something else. What I've got right here is great. And I'm perfectly content with that. I think that's when sevens are the most fulfilled. So yeah, that kind of went in a different direction, but <laughs> yeah. Um, it you was a little too deep. We don't want you going that deep for the rest of the night. Yeah, Just keep it on the surface. Keep that out of there. <laughs> I do think that sevens and fours, yeah, they relate in the sense of like novelty seeking maybe. And like mm. both sevens and fours are seeking, they're seeking like something more from life. They're like deep, deep things, deep things. Yeah, yeah. But sevens, it's just like a different, a different focus the way it's coming in. <sighs> I, I don't know how to describe it, but I, I'm not a seven or a four, but it seems like, yeah, looking for deep experiences, it seems like the difference, maybe a four wants to take that deep experience and make it a little bit more sad. And a seven wants to make it a little mm-hmm. bit more peppy. Mm-hmm. But who knows? I, I mean, s- sevens can like the sevens in my life, I guess, are just up for whatever. So like I've always yeah. felt like I could go to any of my seven friends and be like, I'm feeling like I want to deep dive a sad thought right now for 30 minutes. And the seven's like, sure. Mm-hmm. Great. Sounds great. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. I'm I'm always like that with my friends. I'm always like, 
whatever you want. I'm here for it. Like, let's do anything, you know? And I guess the six wing in me, I'm kind of, I've kind of always been a little bit cautious. Um, my friends are like, oh, let's go do this thing. And I'm like, eh, I don't know. Like, I really want to. Mm. But mm. the six wing is like, no, like that could be dangerous. You could get in trouble. Um, and I've always kind of been perfectionistic and a rule follower. So I am really scared of getting in trouble. And I've always been like a goody two shoes. Mm. So yeah, I guess that is kind of stopping me, which mm. also kind of made me mistype because I thought the seven was just not afraid of anything. And they always were doing all these things. And um, for me, it's it's not really like that. For me, it's more like, experiences come in like crafts and creative things yeah, and totally more like that I'm more cautious with like adventuring and like going out and stuff like that but yeah I feel like you're really nicely naming the stereotype of sevens because it's mm-hmm. it is true that we have described sevens in this way where they're like always out in the world and doing these big giant things. And it's, it really is about the way you're experiencing, whatever you're experiencing. So like Mm -hmm. you doing your crafts, you listening to podcasts, you doing music. It's like, why are you doing those things? Is it to escape the like boredom? Is it to try something new to hear something different? Cause you're novelty seeking. Cause you're looking for something new. Like that's why you're doing it, you know? And so it's like the sevens just look, different in terms of what they find interesting and it's like sevens could find so many different things interesting yes definitely yeah the seven stereotype is honestly really frustrating um and the other sevens I've talked with also agree with me um that sevens are not just you know the people you described there's some there's so much more to us and um people often overlook that so there's just a lot of like, I mean, I mean, we've been using the word intersectionality with the Enneagram, like all these different factors of like, are you, an, are you a firstborn? Um, I'm the only child. Only child. So that's something that's similar, I think, to the three of us. I'm, I'm a firstborn and you're sort of a quasi only child, you know? I'm a, yeah, I'm like both a baby and an only child. Yeah. And, and you're only child. Yes. So there's only child. Then there's a six wing and then mm-hmm. there's self-prez in your stacking, mm-hmm. that that would all cause a slight bit more of caution because as a firstborn, I was also always a little bit more cautious. Hmm. Yeah. You know, is um, that is that part of firstborn? Yeah, they nature? just uh, yeah. My my youngest brother was just a lot more bold and fearless, hmm. just because mm-hmm. I'm the one that's out here with no example, really. You know, yeah. I'm just like my my younger brother got to see me and like, oh, the world's fine. It's gonna be fine. I'm fine. You know, <laughs> but I had no assurance of that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah I wonder okay do you know much about the childhood wound of the seven um slightly so I mostly learned about it through the sleeping at last podcast um it it's interesting I don't really resonate with it a ton yeah. um and maybe that's just the seven reframing maybe I just <laughs> forgot about it or something but so, I really so, don't resonate resonate with it yeah, no, that's interesting because I do, as you were talking, you were, I don't know if it was before we were recording, but you were talking about being close with your mom. And not that mm-hmm. sevens aren't necessarily close with their paternal figures, but there is this, like, in terms of the ego development, people say that sevens, like, 
didn't like properly bond necessarily or felt like they lost mm-hmm. their attachment to their mother figure or like mm-hmm. the breast at a young oh. age. And like, I was actually just reading that in the wisdom. Yeah. Yeah. yeah no, mm-hmm. I think that's like, you guys both prepped. We did. The we were reading the wisdom. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> we were like reading the same back like, thing. Um, I mean, I, I relate in the sense that like I, my childhood wound, I like only medium relate to cause it's really complicated cause it's so much your perception you know? Yeah, it really is. Um, but I was telling Scott this and you probably were reading this. I just think it's so fascinating, this idea of the like transitional object and that sevens, like the sevens trance almost of like looking for things they're interested in or looking for things to be doing to keep themselves busy is like them not moving past the transitional object of like toys and stuffies and things when they couldn't find like security in their mother's breast i was like that's so mm-hmm. fascinating Jeez. <laughs> yeah as a child i deep. was sorry <laughs> no, <I'm just> <laughs> <laughs> yeah i was i was very like my wheels were always turning and i just i had so many like toys and my parents were very like pro like let's um have all these things that she can do to keep her mind engaged and they'd read to me like all the time um so i was constantly entertained Um, and I remember like when I was like eight or nine, um, and I would get bored. It was the worst feeling like in the summer when I didn't have school. Oh my gosh. It was like torture. I hated being bored. And I would like post on my Instagram account. Yes. I had Instagram when I was like nine years old. I'm so bored. I can't take it anymore. Um, so yeah, I was kind of showing those qualities of a seven pretty early. (laughs) (laughs) They call it in the wisdom in the seven section. They say like the B word. Oh, the B word, yeah, bored. The B word. I saw that. I was like, "Where's the B word?" Oh, boredom. Oh, boredom. <laughs> I, maybe you should talk a little bit more about that because I'm trying to picture like a seven listening to this, and that might be helpful just to like hear another seven talk about the world boredom plays. I mean, because this will just keep coming up, like the way our numbers relate to each other. Because I mean, I don't know how four and a seven would overlap necessarily, but like five, five and a seven are obviously in the fear triad and the head types and. Like, um, it's interesting where I can find a lot of connection with sevens, but then the boredom thing is one where it's like, I don't know quite how to describe this, but like when, when I sense boredom coming, whatever that word means, Mm -hmm. um, I'm, I'm picturing it as like dead space or nothingness and I'm getting excited. I see it coming and I'm like, Oh, nothingness. Great. Mm -hmm. Great. Mm -hmm. You know, <laughs> and I think a seven sees it coming and it's like, no, 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 no. <laughs> That's exactly how it feels. Yeah. Um, yeah. Boredom has always been a struggle for me, especially lately with quarantine. I have reached a new level of boredom. <laughs> um, so like about a week ago, I woke up and I was just like, I'm done like I am so bored I have never I haven't felt this bored in years and I was so just done with everything um and luckily I found some new projects to do in crafts so I'm actually really creatively fulfilled right now but oh man it's scary and it's I don't know why it's so scary that's the thing Mm -hmm. like I know that I'm bored and I know that I don't like it but I don't know why I don't like it and that's what I've been trying to figure out. And I've been talking with my friends and I'm like, why is this so scary to me? Like, what's wrong with just sitting there? And I realized that when I do just sit there and like allow myself to do nothing, I feel the anxiety and I yeah. feel the sadness that I've been running away from. And that is like 
triggering like fighter fight or flight for me i'm just like no nope, i don't like this gotta go do something <laughs> that is no. exactly somebody it. get me a craft dang it <laughs> yeah i know right <laughs> honestly but um and i think the growth for, for the seven is to actually no matter how uncomfortable it is and oh, i boy. tried this sit with the sadness or sit with the anxiety and just let it be and yeah, like just yeah. acknowledge that it's there and um I go see like a counselor and stuff and she tells me the same thing she's like Lily if you're feeling anxious just feel anxious it's okay Mm -hmm. you don't Mm -hmm. have to run you don't have to do things Mm -hmm. you can just be anxious for a day or an hour or however long it takes you to feel better again and I'm like that's crazy (laughs) (laughs) I never realized that um but yeah it's it's very healing but it's so hard it it really is so hard for decision to just sit there and be okay with being sad or being anxious or being lonely or not knowing who they are Hmm. um things like that so yeah dang you're really naming it like that's the exact thing that's happening like what you're naming it's like the uncomfortable feelings that Mm -hmm. come up when you're bored it's like oh I these uncomfortable feelings like I think Scott's right in the sense like I feel similarly I'm like Oh, the uncomfortable feelings. Yay. Like, <laughs> I, like there's a there's a little bit of a, like a very different approach. I I want to do the opposite of run. I want to like dive deep into them in like in a in a very indulgent way. Like yeah, you and I are doing like, we're those. doing opposite like let it be trajectory let it be. <laughs> exactly. It's like it's fine. Maybe I could move on and do something <laughs> and distract myself. Yeah. Yeah, and also I think with the seven for me personally like um feeling sadness and turning it into something more meaningful and beautiful I think this is very similar to the four that helps me a lot like yeah, listening yeah. to sad music is so cathartic for me because hmm. music is like it's, it's my outlet like I just love listening to music I make so many playlists it's just everything to me so listening to sad music is like a way for me to take this scary emotion and process hmm. it in a not so scary way um and I think a lot of sevens could benefit from that like when you're feeling sad listen to sad music or deal with the sadness in a way that feels more comfortable to you so mm -hmm. and I think that's similar to four also in that um making it more beautiful can help yeah no for sure Mm. this is so good I mean I I feel like I'm like already like learning (laughs) from Lily I feel like seven's no matter what age this is like deep seven wisdom I mean I think that as you're talking Lily it's like I'm sure you relate to this it's like we've been talking about Enneagram for a long time now as well. And it's like, you name the things it gives it like contours, like a room, like you're, you're building a room. You can name the things you can start to explore yourself, but it still takes work. It's like, okay, I know this about myself, but like, right. it really does. Yeah. It's like, you know, boredom is a problem for you. And you probably should be bored, but to actually do that is so hard and terrifying. Right. It yeah. really is. And honestly, sometimes it becomes frustrating for me. It's like, I know all these things. Why can't I do it? Why can't I just be the healthiest version of myself all the time? Why do I still have to feel these things? Like, why can't I just be, you know, a perfect seven and be happy all the time and like be totally healed? Like I've gone through so much work. It's so frustrating to me sometimes. And I don't know. I don't know if any other sevens feel that. No, I feel like sure. they're like, yep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I've been doing this other Enneagram account and it's like, I also realize it's really a fun little experiment to see like, um, twos and nines are out here on Instagram, you know, 
they I get like double the attention on any two or nine post. Mm-hmm. The assertive types in general aren't really out here. Like threes, sevens, really? and eights, they're busy. They're too busy to sit and think yeah. about this stuff, you know? <laughs> yeah. um, so I think it is like, I think they they sort of acknowledge the problem and then they, they I mean, I, this is a huge generalization, but I'm just thinking about the sevens in my life. They're like, yeah, I get it, but I am still going to go out and have a really fun time today and not think about these things. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yes, definitely. I... Man, I just think it is pretty wild and cool and special. The more I like think about it of just having this tool at this age, you know, like being, you had this if, yeah. And just like the way that you're using it. I mean, I think we've already briefly talked about it, but it's like in a, in an almost unseven way, you're really not like moving on from the Enneagram, Mm -hmm. which is like, it's also really like, encouraging and inspiring the way that you're like continuing to like use this tool. I do feel like as we think about like the Enneagram, there's certain numbers who I do think the quote unquote work of the Enneagram, like it's always hard for every number, but it is like, I think particularly a seven, it's like a total buzzkill. Like the the Enneagram in general. Yeah. The Enneagram in general and the Enneagram work. It's like, I, I can't necessarily put myself in those shoes, but when I try to, I'm like, dang, like the, the thing that this book is telling you is like, Hey, be sad and fearful and scared and embrace like this really dark thing. It's like, what? (laughs) Yeah. It's like, I, from your perspective, it's like, that's a horrible thing to tell someone to do, you know? I know. It, It really is. Um, yeah, like I said, it's so hard. Um, and, and like you said, it's hard for every type, like every type has their own growth work that they need to do. And it is so hard for them, but yeah, I mean, it is hard to just embrace it and embrace that life can be hard sometimes. And life's not a giant party all the time. And you don't get to do all these fun things. You have to do the work and you have to do the hard things too. But, um, what I tell myself is that it's all worth it in the end, because this is all leading to a better me and a better future and a happier me and more fulfillment. And the hard times are mirrored in the happy times. So Mm. that's what I tell myself. That's really good. I mean, I think, I think the thing that I want to say to people, myself included, is this idea of like us being in a trance and us having sort of in heavy quotes, irrational fears about certain things. Like my idea, I guess of a five of like, and I've even been learning about this lately. Like my big, my, I guess a big five fear is that I won't know things. And it's like, well, of course I don't know things. You can't know everything. It's impossible. Mm-hmm. And Reuven even telling me recently that I, he values me when I say I don't know. Like that's right, not, he right. doesn't look down on me. I'm like, gosh, my brain didn't compute for a second. I was like, the moment I was really able to understand it, I was like, wow, I didn't. I didn't even think that that was possible. <laughs> That's really cool. Um, but to say that to a certain extent, it's like this existential gap, existential darkness, you know, uh, Macy and I both be very, very comfortable sitting in the darkness. I think sometimes we can go one toke over the line and be like, it's too dark. Yeah, it's too dark. But mostly it's like, that's sort of something that we're not uh, afraid of. Right. And you could say to somebody, that's sort of slightly running away from that. It's like, it's, it's low risk. It's low risk. 
You can be sad and 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 think dark thoughts, and it's it's gonna be fine. You're gonna be fine, mostly. You know? Yeah, like, no, I mean, it, it's beautiful. It's wonderful. <laughs> I'm like, it's the best part of life in a way. <laughs> I I have one phrase that I heard for sevens that I would be interested if you feel this is this idea of like they experience like a half range of emotions. So it's like their emotions are like on this side on like terms of the like comfortability scale, like all the emotions that feel comfortable they're experiencing, but there's like the uncomfortable emotions, like without the work of the Enneagram or without realizing it, they're just out of their radar. You know, it's like off range. Yeah. Yeah. No, I totally understand that. Um, one thing for me, I don't know if this is true for all sevens, but I feel emotions very deeply. Mm -hmm. So I feel happiness very deeply and that's great. Like, Honestly, like, I feel like I've had some of the best experiences ever, and I've just felt so happy and fulfilled. But also, I've had very, very sad moments in my life where I've just felt this deep sadness. And it's scary, and it's hard, but it's also, like, beautiful at the same time. And I guess, like I said earlier, this might be my, why I mistyped as a four. Yeah. But yeah, I've always felt emotions strongly, and um, I don't feel anger a lot, but when I do, I feel it very strongly. Like if there's mm. something that's unethical or I'm very passionate about this issue, I feel that so strongly. Um, so yeah, that's an interesting thought you had though about like the, the half brains and like um, being comfortable with some and then not really being aware of those other ones. I feel like that's definitely been true for me sometimes. Yeah, I'm trying to think who said that. I think it was... Uh... Suzanne Stabile. Suzanne Stabile. Do you, do you ever listen to Suzanne Stabile's podcast, Lily? That new Highly training? recommended. Uh, yeah, Highly recommended. I'll send you a few specific episodes because there's a few that are like the best of the best, in my opinion. <laughs> I feel like I would want to just go around a few of these, uh, like six wing, yep. sexual self press stacking, mm -hmm. yeah. and, and just hear a little bit about that mm -hmm. from Lily. I think that's great. I also think it would be fun to talk about what it's like for you being in the assertive stance if you have thought yeah. much about that also so Maybe. many fun things yeah. to talk about do you want to start with assertive no 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 she, i think she was just about ready to go i think you should do it um i mean honestly i don't really know a ton i haven't researched a ton about the stances like that's yeah. probably one of the areas i don't know a lot about but honestly it's kind of weird i do feel like I don't really relate to that a lot. Mm -hmm. um, I've not really been one to assert. Well, I mean, I guess so. Like in the past few years, it hasn't been as much. But I remember when I was younger, I was very bold. And I would just go to people and make friends and just be myself. And I just wasn't afraid to. Um, but I guess just putting pressure on myself and societal standards and just being a teenage girl has huh. kind of made me more withdrawn at times but yeah. lately I've been kind of coming into my extroverted self more and feeling more confident and now I feel like I can go up to anyone and become friends with them so I definitely do feel like um I do relate to some aspects of the assertive stance but yeah I don't know it's it's interesting it's very interesting but they would say a seven is like a three is assertive in the sense that they're going to assert themselves to achieve their goals Mm -hmm. um, and they say what a seven would assert themselves is just like being very assertive and proactive in terms of making sure they're being positive and mm -hmm. happy, like yes. just, just going out of their way to make sure that that's happening, you know? Yeah. So in terms of that, definitely, I've always been very forward with my ambitions and my projects and my interests. Like 
I have new interests like almost weekly. Like one week I'll be like, I want to be an interior designer. And the next week I'll be like, I want to be a photographer. And then next week I'll be like, I want to be a graphic designer or something. I don't know. But um, this happens all the time. And so I've always been very assertive with like, I want to pursue this. I'm going to pursue it. And I've always had big dreams and I don't let anything stop me. Like if I want something, yeah. I will go. So I guess that's where the that's for real and I think my dad's a seven and as you're saying that I'm like yep that's it there that's my dad (laughs) um I read this this is just from the wisdom talking about assertives um it says assertives automatically feel that everything meaningful is happening is in relation to them sevens and eights naturally feel this way sevens come into a room and subconsciously think here I am everybody things are going to get more lively now (laughs) 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 that kind of made me feel a little bit guilty like I feel like I'm kind of being a little bit narcissistic (laughs) I just feel like that I like oh yay I get to go talk to these people and now I'm here so it's gonna be you know great you know that, that is the, that the is, passion, right? The passion of the seven is narcissism. Well, gluttony is the passion, but they say that in terms of like personality, like where it fits on the DSM or whatever, yeah. that narcissism is like, is this, is the seven. It's in that seven. Zone. But we have a mixed, yeah. we have a mixed feeling with all these three because like sevens really are the life of the party. Like if I'm going to have a party, 100%. I'm like, I got to get some of these seven friends of mine. I got to make sure they're there. I know. I mean, in having sevens around, it's like, it's. As a withdrawn stance who doesn't walk in the room and think things are about to get more lively now, I walk in the room and I'm like, how am I going to figure this out? What are people thinking about? What are people thinking? (laughs) Like, I look at often sevens and eights, I think, and I'm like, man, look at how it could be. Like, you could just come and feel like you have autonomy in a space. Like, that's right. really inspiring to me. And I'm like, right. okay, okay, they're doing it. Maybe and just I being in the too. moment and having fun. Exactly. Just like yeah, exactly. embracing what's happening right now, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And talking about parties, actually, this reminds me of the subtypes. Um, since I'm so the segue. Blind, <laughs> the segue. <laughs> the segue, <laughs> <Good> great. <laughs> um, since I'm social blind, it parties, like big parties, are really hard for me. Yeah. I struggle. I like if there's a big dance or a big party and I'm not with like my people, I will leave. <laughs> like I can't handle that. Um, for example, my my birthday party um, from when I turned 16 was last October and I have a lot of friends. So I invited like 30 people to my pretty small house. I mean, it's not like huge, but it's not like tiny. But anyways, yeah. So it was a lot of people and I did not know what I was getting myself into. <laughs> I was just bouncing around from group to group to group. I could not like taken that there were this many people yeah. and that's like a constant struggle to like believe this is all happening um, it was fun like it was really fun but it was just like and my friends were like why are you just bouncing around from like group to group like stick with the group I was like yeah but like I have this group and I have this group and I have this group and like the sexual instinct is like stick with your people but they're yeah. all my people yeah, I was like, yeah. what do I do what do I do? It's all my friends. Yeah. I know. It was really hard. And it was so fun. Like, it was a great night. But, like, looking back on it, I was like, oh, yeah, I'm definitely social one. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's – you and I, I think, have the same stacking, sexual self-prez. And uh-huh. that description of a party, I think that's uh, – I mean, you can relate a little, but I do think you don't get as overwhelmed. You're like – I think you get like, all my people are here. That's good enough. That's just nice. I look around the room and I say, 
I'm surrounded by my people. Yeah, a, a, group, a room full of 30 of my friends, I don't know if I would do that. I would maybe do like 15, but I think mm-hmm. I would really enjoy that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't... I understand. I, I mean... Know. I don't know. That's interesting, though. It's the same thing with like being uh, like... <laughs> Uh, it, it, like being a youth pastor in this sense is a very strange thing in this, like speaking to like 80 kids. Yeah. And I'm like, you're talking and it's not like I'm mad. I'm not, I'm just like, I'm, 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 I'm very much wanting to now talk to you. I'm like, is, is something going on? Like, did you not understand the point I made? Like, and the kids yeah. are like, Oh, I'm sorry. I'm like, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not upset. I'm talking to you though. And I'm, is is something off about this conversation it's really right. weird it's uncomfortable it yeah. really is yeah <laughs> mm-hmm. but yeah i mean at a party situation i'm i'm similar i'm 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 going to go from group to group um mm-hmm. and parties are interesting you're different macy's different i think than me at a party i think so yeah cuz you are introverted but you are comfortable in this like with these subtypes you're you're it really <laughs> depends it like fully depends on if i feel comfortable with what the party is mm-hmm. like if i'm not feeling comfortable with the party or feeling like out of place or like small i'll be just like i'll try and find one like a person that i know you know yeah. and i'm like i don't need to be and we'll be like, oh, but if i'm like <laughs> in a good mood and feeling like oh my gosh it's people then i could be like bouncing around and like almost sometimes like very charismatic yeah, and like yeah, very yeah. pumped up. Yeah. And energized by that. Yeah. 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 Hit or miss. Um, so Lily, for you, how would you describe uh, having th- that sexual type as your first in your stacking? Yeah. So I was actually reading this diagram on Instagram. I follow a lot of like Enneagram accounts and one of them was talking about subtypes and it was a really interesting analogy they um, said that the instincts all have like a temperature to yes, them. Yes. So the sexual instinct is hot. The self-pres is warm and the social is cool. Mm. And that was so fascinating to me. And it's like, it was asking like, oh, do you have hot, warm or cool energy? And I was like, oh yeah, I totally have like that intense hot energy. And um, the sexual instinct shows up in that I want to spend quality time one-on-one with like my person, like my boyfriend or a close friend or two close friends or just very small groups of people. That is when I feel the most happy. Yeah. And when it gets too much, I become like crippled almost. Like, I don't know how to act. I am like, what is going on? (laughs) Scott feels you so deeply (laughs) right now. (laughs) Right. Yeah. And so that the like small groups is like my safety zone and my comfort zone. Um, And so, yeah, that's where the instinct really shows up for me. I don't know. I, who knows? None of us quite know how it happens. Like, how does this instinct get developed? But like, as you're talking, it's like, I guess I have fresh thoughts in terms of, and I don't know if this resonates with you. It's just like, I, I have trained myself. Maybe, maybe, maybe this where like a self-preservation gets like connected to a sexual type. It's like Hmm. that, um, the best way for me to enjoy myself or survive even is to have that deep connection with a person. Yes. And so that's what I'm I, skilled at doing. Mm-hmm. But then it's I like do. you add another person and another person, and I'm trying to do that same high quality connection with each person. And the more people you add, it's like, I can't, I don't have it in me to do it for six people. I can't maintain yeah. this, I can't. <laughs> this thing, you know? Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. totally. And also I feel like, um, this might be for all people with the sexual instinct, but for the seven, like I was reading the description and the wisdom, 
um, and it really resonates with me. I've always wanted to be in a relationship with someone um, and I don't feel fulfilled unless I'm in love with someone or hmm. like dating someone or like for the past, I don't even know how many years I've been wanting to be in a relationship and I've always been kind of like a hopeless romantic, but I genuinely don't feel like I would be fulfilled if I wasn't in a relationship with someone and had that really deep connection. Like that is so important to my essence and like mm. who I am as a person. Like I need that in my life. So yeah, that's an interesting thought, I guess. Yeah, it is. It is a very interesting <laughs> thought. I mean, one thing that we've been thinking on the podcast is like, as we continue to talk about a lot of these, like, I don't know the word I'd use for it, like queer adjacent conversations mm-hmm. or something. Just one of the, one of the, I think Instagram accounts we were following was talking about like relational anarchy. Mm-hmm. And I do think there's something for me. And I think you might Macy be part of this too of like, I, I definitely know me for sure is really buys into the could as, as like a sexual type. I was just watching a movie the other night. I was like, what was this movie? <laughs> I was like, I was watching this with my wife and I was like, it's movies like this that, are so beautiful to me, but really make me get sort of obsessed with my sexual type, like movies and stories that say, this is what a relationship could be. This beautiful, amazing relationship. Like, Oh, I remember the movie. It's called um, Palm Springs with Andy Samberg. I highly recommend that. It just came out. Mm-hmm. And it's just this couple with this deep connection. Yeah. And it's exclusive. And they're choosing they're yeah. choosing each other over the group. And that's the whole point of the movie and how romantic it is. And I'm like, yeah, just two people choosing oh, yeah. each other, nobody else. Oh, that is awesome. <laughs> I love that. That like heightens like yeah. everything. I'm like, yes, I want that so bad. Um, yeah. And it's really nice to have that. Like, I have a boyfriend right now and I feel really close to him. And like, that really fulfills a lot of the needs in my life to be connected with someone, to have someone know me on that deep of a level. It's mm-hmm. just really nice. <laughs> and I think what I'm discovering is that like society paints this picture very bluntly and boldly in these movies. It's like, you can have, you can also have that deep connection with not just a romantic partner. Right. Is the cool thing. Totally. Yeah. And I'm only just discovering that. Uh Yeah. And I definitely have a soulmate best friend too. Like Mm -hmm. we are just like totally soulmate best friends. Um, And that's great. Like I've, yeah, Yeah. it's awesome. I've, I've known him since um, like first grade it's just been awesome to have that connection. And like, I know we're going to be friends for life. So that's, that's just great too. That's so sweet. Yeah. As you guys talk, it's like, I can only medium relate, <laughs> you know, we, Macy still isn't a hundred percent sure on my stacking. Yeah. No, I uh-huh. think I have like, I mean, I just, especially as we think about things like wings and like subtypes or wings and like, variants or whatever I'm like it is really fluid I'm like I do think I have two overdeveloped and one underdeveloped mm-hmm. like social and sexual are potentially overdeveloped so it's like the social but you're definitely self-pres blind whatever self-pres yeah self-pres repressed repressed I think is the is mm-hmm. I think the language the you're best liking these that's days. the language I'm liking these <laughs> days. Yeah. yeah I don't know I just think it's like there's a part of me and I'm like is that the for me that I'm like I am a little bit annoyed and frustrated and like mad about the like super super intimate like this idea of like finding fulfillment in another person i'm like ah, i don't think that's it but you so are you saying you might you might be sexual type but your four gets in the way i of, wonder like, so, i yeah, wonder yeah. if that's like a potentially like competing energy yeah 
That's, that makes sense to me. That's fascinating. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Lily, how would you describe being socially repressed? Oh, that's interesting. Or a social I haven't really thought about that. Um, but like I said, just like in big social settings, it is so scary. Um, and I used to do like dance. I was a competitive dancer and I did dance for like 10 years. Hmm. Um, and I always had big classes and I went to big competitions and like, I just did not like that. Like I would much rather spend time with one of my dance friends one-on-one outside. Hmm. Um, so it's just like, it's scary and uncomfortable in big social settings and having to interact with a large group of people, um, like giving presentations in class for a large class. Oh my gosh, so much anxiety. I don't like that. But giving a presentation to like three people, easy. I can do it so well. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. Yeah, I haven't really thought about it a ton, but those are my immediate thoughts. The way I describe it is that it's just not my focus of attention. So while social, big social settings can cause me a lot of anxiety, it's just not the thing that I've trained myself on. Like, it's just, it's just not. I mean, the thing, the thing we've we've almost subconsciously put ourselves through like a training program. Like, I have trained right. myself yeah. to be good one on one. Yeah, but I yeah. don't. I don't notice. I don't walk into a room and work really hard on noticing the all the social vibes. No, yeah. you don't. You definitely don't. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I feel yeah, like I don't understand that. I wonder, like, when you walk into a social group, I'm I'm just curious because I'm like, I'm I'm still figuring out stackings and what they look like too. Like, are you picking up? And this is maybe to both of you guys. Like, are you picking up the energy of the group? Are you thinking about how like the whole group dynamic? is happening or are you focused on the individual people? Do you want to say something, Scott? Or <laughs> you something? Well, yeah, you, you can interrupt me. I'm just saying like, uh, I, I, I'm not, I'm not focused on the group. So. Yeah, me neither. <laughs> yeah, I definitely walk into a room and then I'm like, okay, here's my person or my people. I go to that. I'm focused on them solely. Um, yeah. Uh, Lily, do you, do you get sort of, like if you're thinking about your boyfriend or best friend or a close person and you're at a party and it becomes apparent that that person is sort of putting their attention off of you and putting it on the group, is that sort of like alarming? Yeah, my boyfriend is a pretty big group person. Yeah. Um, and so when we're at parties, I just want to spend time with him or like I want to spend time with my best friend and yeah, when they're, like, trying to focus on the group and, like, oh, I'm going to talk to all these people. I'm, like, no, spend time with me. Like, let's go off and do our own thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, like, got frustrated when you just said that. <laughs> <laughs> about it. I'm, like, oh, I don't like that. No, it's um, hard. Yeah, no, totally, yeah. My wife's a social type, and I had no language when we started dating 20 years ago for any of this stuff. And so, like, to a certain extent, we are like, on our best behavior, and mm-hmm. it, like one example is that we were sort of really getting this intense bonding on this bus on this choir tour that we were on. And she was listening to all my playlists, which, of course, if anybody knows me through this podcast, is a great love language. Mm-hmm. I mean, she told me like three, la- three years later, she was not interested in any of those songs. She was just trying to like flirt with me. You know? <laughs> I was like, I thought you were really interested in my music. She was like, no. <laughs> but um, <laughs> Uh, this is such a funny moment in time and I always try to bring it up with Marissa and she sort of gets it, but I'm like, this was a singular moment where it's like, I already knew that Marissa was sort of the star of our choir and like very charismatic. And it was very apparent throughout this choir tour that we were doing that she was sort of choosing me. 
But there was this great moment where we were like getting ready for a big performance and she had something she wanted to tell me and didn't want to say it in front of the big group. And so pulled me into another room and there was just gesture of like grabbing me by the hand and pulling me into this other room. And I thought that was so exhilarating and romantic. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, like definitely. Marissa's a social type and hardly ever gives me that energy. It anymore. was like a one time. <laughs> it was like a one time experience, <laughs> but I'm always trying to explain like, I love being chosen out of the group. I love somebody picking me out of the group and be like, let's you and me go have a separate time from this. That's yes, high romance for me. <laughs> yeah. That reminds me like the first time that um, my boyfriend like kind of like was forward with me and started like, um, you know, like holding my hand and stuff. We were at this like kind of party ish thing with our friends. We were having like a movie marathon and um, I was obviously very into him. So I was like, taken aback but it was so like I cannot even describe how exhilarating it was I was like he's chosen me like this is me and him and I completely forgot those other people existed yeah. like for the entire day it was just me and him like <laughs> and this happens when I'm with him like or with a close friend even like we could be in a public setting I forget people are there I really do and like people like say something like hey your food's here or something and I'll be like what? Like I, I forgot. Uh, yeah, you're so saying it. Saying it in the sense because it's like I don't. You don't. You I don't. don't forget that people no, are around us. And it's really admirable. <laughs> Marissa, my, my wife and I will be on a walk, and I'm like in the middle of the most important point, and I've been building it up, and I'm so excited for her to know this thing about me and this realization. Yes. And just as I'm getting to it, she'll see like a dog across the stream, like, "Oh, hey, little dog, yeah, hi." And I'm like, "No, no, no, no. The world outside doesn't exist." in this moment like there's no hi to the dog there's no wave to this person there's no this all this doesn't exist it's just oh you and goodness. me in this moment i feel that so much and actually earlier today um me and my boyfriend were hanging out and um we were watching a movie and he was like on his phone reading an article about his favorite video game and i got so frustrated i was like we're here watching a movie right now yeah, and you're yeah. focused on your video game. <laughs> and he was like partly joking with me, like just reading it to like annoy me because he knows yeah. that makes me angry. But um, yeah, it was like thinking about that now. I was like, Oh yeah. <laughs> that's, that's <funny>. <laughs> <laughs> it kind of kills the vibe a little bit, but it is it really e does. even as we're talking, it does. You can feel that like heat, you know, it's like, mm -hmm. honestly, it, yeah. that's what generates it is that one-on-one -on -one connection. Dang. I know it, it this, I've been going through a journey of like, I'm like, where is sexual and social in my sequence? Mm -hmm. And this right there does name like social is up there. For it me is for because sure. Because it's for like, sure. I know I do that crap when you're talking. I'm yeah. like, and there's a snail. Yeah. I'm or like, like and there's these people. And like, I'm aware of like, even if we're walking, like, I think I'm, I'm always thinking like, we need to make sure we're staying six feet away from people, you know? like yeah that even just that kind of thing now that that's like in the awareness but it's like the social system this thing that we're all doing socially you i know? am practicing social distancing no i know I, you no, are no, no but i will say like it i i will say if the if the connection is going to be lost because we're going to need to pay attention to this person approaching us that, that is a, a buzzkill to me right and yeah. i'm like but we're going to pay attention to this person <laughs> gosh no i have so many thoughts about this it's it brings up so many things i think i think I think this 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 can work and do, and doesn't work sometimes, right? Some people would appreciate it. Some people doesn't even they don't even care. But in my mind, in my trance, I guess, and I don't know if you relate to this, Lily. I view it as the highest compliment 
Like even just just the simple example of sitting here in this house right now, that like if Mace and me were in the middle of an intense conversation and Mace was telling me something that was really important and somebody walked into the house, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make sure I don't look away from Mace. I don't acknowledge the person coming in. The, the energy I'm putting off is like everybody co- that's coming in the room right now, you need to know that I'm in the middle of a private conversation and I'll get to whatever this is later. Keep going, Mace. Like, I'm not even going to look up, you know? Yeah, totally. <laughs> I'm the exact same way. Yeah. <laughs> I can't do that. I know. I know. <laughs> I mean, it might be the self-pres combined with that too, because yeah. in the back of my mind, I'm like, this, this person is also my lifeline, you right, know? Yeah. And, and I'm not going to, they have to do with my safety and comfort too, plus the sexual mm-hmm. type. Mm-hmm. But, Man, you yeah, guys look gosh. at Look at you two relating so much. <laughs> I know. This is really good. It really is. Okay. I'm going to propose a quick bathroom break. Yeah. <laughs> is that okay? okay. Yeah. Do you want to do a bathroom break, Lily? I'm going to go to the bathroom really quick. Um, I mean, I'm fine. I'll just chill out You here. can talk yeah. to Macy. Yeah. I don't, <laughs> okay. I don't have to go to the bathroom. Um, okay. Wait. I want to know what crafts you're doing. Oh, yeah. Okay. So, oh my gosh. I'm excited. You can show me. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no, it's so just going to keep recording. I'll show you some things. So okay, I, I actually started my small business recently. I make... I um, saw you made a post about that, and I was like, a yeah. small business? What? Yeah, so I make, like, these handmade bracelets. Um, I make keychains, and I make scrunchies, and I'm working on making these, like, crochet kind of bralette tops. I'll show you one I just made. Oh, my goodness. What is it called? Oh, my shop? Yeah. It's called Ethereal Sky Crafts. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. Um, so this is like one of the crochet tops I just made. This is kind of a bad angle for it. Dang. That's yeah. so cool. I'm working on a blue one right now. I was actually working on it just before we um, started. But yeah, oh, I'm that's just so working cute. on the cups right now. But, and I'll show you some of the bracelets I make. They take a long time, but they turn out really pretty. Okay. So I'm actually working on Enneagram bracelets <gasps> right now. What? Yes. So I figured out color palettes for all the types. I think I got both of your inputs on that. No, you did. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm working on Enneagram bracelets. These are not Enneagram bracelets, but these, these are just some that I've made recently. Oh yeah. Those are cool. And yeah, those probably do take so much time. They do. Yeah. This one especially took like probably like six or seven hours. Oh my goodness. Um, and all these took like probably like five hours. I'm all guessing. these crafts. Yeah. Lily like is has a small business she started. What? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you're so casual. You're like, yeah, it's fine. I'd be like, I can't believe it. What are you guys talking about? Crafts? <laughs> <laughs> we were talking about crafts. I'm back from the bathroom, everybody. <laughs> um, Craft break. Can I ask one more question? Because we've really indulged this topic, but just just maybe the finale of sexual seven because we didn't really talk about no we didn't talk about the the combination yeah Yeah. they say Mm -hmm. one of the phrases that sticks out in my mind i think from beatrice but might be the wisdom too is like heavenly minded yeah meaning like sort of focused on the ideal the the amazing the beautiful the lovely like life could be so wonderful like oh my gosh that's so true (laughs) Yeah, totally. I feel like, like your tapestry represents that almost. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I'm very into like um, non-ordinary styles. Like I love vintage. I love bohemian. I love retro, um, stuff like that. Um, and I have like a very unique sense of style. Um, and yeah, I feel like 
a lot of those styles and capture that life is wonderful and the small moments are beautiful. Um, and like, I love the sixties and seventies, which is kind of like the hippie era. I feel like I'm totally a hippie. Like my friends are like, Lily, you're totally a hippie. So (laughs) Uh, yeah, I feel like hippies are like, you know, everything is wonderful. Life's so beautiful. And like that, that is like how I feel when I'm truly content. Mm. Um, I just feel like everything is beautiful. And the analogy that I like to use is seeing life through like rose colored glasses. So everything is tinted. Um, everything has this rose colored tint on it. And through your eyes, it's beautiful. And when I'm at my best, that's what I'm seeing. Um, and I feel like most of the time, that's what I'm seeing, honestly, like, everything is great. Everything is so beautiful and life is so meaningful. And some of the scariest moments have been when I've like lost that meaning. And Mm. I'm like, what is the meaning? Like Mm. life seems meaningless. Mm. Um, But growing and reconnecting with that sense of meaning has been so beneficial for me. It has truly made me really happy. So. Dang. I know. I do think this is the good seven content. I know it is. I feel like if you talk, it is true. Like I feel like there's this some, the sense of like depth and like connection to like Mm -hmm. the universe or connection to just life, like in life force itself. And I do feel like that is the sexual heat on the Mm -hmm. seven passion, Mm -hmm. you know, it's like the heat of, and I mean the passion of the seven is gluttony, I think. And it's like a gluttony for all things life, you know, it's like wanting the most of all the experiences and seeing the best of what the experiences could be. And like, seeing things for all that they could be you know yeah you described it perfectly mm-hmm. even the letter you wrote us which was, was everybody like lily nicest, wrote us one of the most encouraging letters it's like <laughs> yeah, that's exact that's an exact example of that like you're you're looking yeah. at us through rose colored glasses in the sweetest <laughs> way and then you're helping us see ourselves through rose colored glasses mm-hmm. like yeah. seeing you seeing ourselves through your eyes i was like this is so nice thank you Lily (laughs) yeah uh yeah and I feel like I've always had the tendency to kind of idolize people um like I've always been into like YouTube um and like I've always been a gamer so I watch like a lot of gaming YouTubers but like um I've always had like a connection with getting to know them and I felt like I'm actually really close to these people who I don't actually know yeah I idolize these people and I still watch them to these day to this day and I'm like these people are like fascinating to me and i just i don't know i see these people through rose-colored glasses so yeah, yeah. that's a world i don't know at all it's gaming. a world i do oh gaming. gaming i was gonna say rose-colored glasses oh you don't know rose-colored glasses like, i don't know gaming there's a part of me that's like the foreign me is like rose-colored glasses it's it's like it's, but be yeah. honest though it's 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 big hit it's big back and forth because sometimes everything's rose-colored glasses no sometimes. it's true yeah. and then sometimes i'm like shades yeah things have to be shades to think with rose colored glasses oh my gosh like (laughs) (laughs) what types of games do you play lily oh man so i've played so many games in my life the games that i love the most are probably like minecraft minecraft has always been a big thing for me yeah um and the sims like in the past few years the sims has been my game what sims Uh, what what sims number four the sims four i haven't played any of the earlier ones oh but, um, i grew up on just sims the classic <laughs> oh that's amazing oh <laughs> yeah she's like pitying you oh so, so the sims classic, i mean yeah. it's like a they're it, it's like insanely different the like graphics right yeah, yeah it really is um but yeah i feel like 
like games like Minecraft and The Sims, it's so open-ended. You can create these worlds and shape them to be however you want them to be. And I remember like as like an eight-year-old or nine-year-old, I would go into my Minecraft world and I'd be like, I can do literally anything I yeah. want to. And I built a whole world that was just roller coasters. And it was so much fun. I would build castles and I would build hotels and I would build mansions and I would build literally anything to my heart's desire. It was just so much fun. Um, and The Sims also, like, I love designing. So I design these houses and I download custom content and I love playing around color schemes and I love telling stories in The Sims and all these things. It's just, it's really fulfilling my creative desire, honestly. I want to see someday a study or a book if it's not already been done. Like, I'm, I'm talking like 50 years from now with like a study on your generation when you guys become like 60 or something like that. Yeah what like Minecraft and Sims and stuff like that did to your minds in the yeah. sense that like totally. my son Jack's on Minecraft still, but it's also not only is that that free form building, but especially during COVID, I don't know if you relate to this. It's like a social thing too. It's like, he's on there all yeah. day. They're all doing it together, talking and building and yes. yeah. Yeah. Totally. Creativity. Uh, I've definitely connected with a lot of friends for, uh, through gaming and I used to go on like servers and play with people from around the world and meet new people and um yeah it's it's been great and I feel like it helped me develop mentally like um develop critical thinking skills and develop creativity skills and um I mean it sounds stupid it's just a game no I know but it's not (laughs) and I remember in like seventh grade I had to do this debate over whether Minecraft was educational and I made like the strongest debate and I I I don't think i crushed my competitor because yeah yeah, um I think Minecraft is actually a very educational game um yeah I'm just very curious of what it's doing to our minds or your minds in the sense of just that pure creativity you can do whatever you want it's like you have this world that you can like step into and virtually try on limitlessness you know and that like limitlessness creation piece which Mm -hmm. for a seven I mean that's like this the thing that you're searching for like don't really put limits is, on yeah. me like I want to lean into freedom don't ever like constrain me from living yes. life you know so it's yes. like you get to enter that in the Minecraft space you're totally right uh-huh <laughs> should we talk about wing six yeah or just like also wings like I'd be curious to hear like because I mean you know me I'm like wings where we I think we have access to both so I'd be curious oh for sure wing six and then also maybe if there is any eight that plays into you yeah yeah totally so wing six um honestly it was a struggle to find my wing I I don't think I have a really strong wing I think I'm just like um more seven seven yeah um I do think that I am more of a six wing than an eight wing um I am pretty cautious and um I don't know. Let me like the description in the wisdom is a pretty good description. It's really hard for me to describe it, but um, you can read it. Yeah. Yeah. I know reading things from the wisdom feels very retro. No small thing. You know, I know. I don't early days. We were really like clutching to our book. I had no idea really quite what I was talking about. I was like, Oh, let me read this thing. I think it's the six wing, six wing, seven wing, six. What does it mean? You know? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it's really hard for me to describe for some reason, though. Mm. So I'll, I'll read the healthy version of this thing with this thing. So it's called The Entertainer. People of this subtype are productive and playful, retaining a belief in life's goodness and the joy of existence. They are 
They are often curious and creative with an excellent sense of humor and a more positive outlook than the other subtype. They have quick minds, a cooperative spirit and organizational abilities, enabling them to accomplish a great deal seemingly with little effort. They seek variety and have the ability to interact easily with people, show business, public relations, advertising, media, and the world of entertainment are naturals for them. Hmm. So no, that, that sounds no, like that you. No, that sounds like you. I'm like, there it is. A little bit <laughs> I know about you. <laughs> it doesn't really, it seems like it doesn't really touch on like six qualities in general, but that definitely sounds like me. It's it's hard to like kind of understand where the six wing comes in though. I guess like um, maybe like looking out for myself and um, being like loyal to my friends. Like I've always been a very loyal and supportive friend. Um, so and I know sixes are very loyal. So yeah. I I also <laughs> just feel like I mean in the in Scott's bathroom break you were telling me about your craft <laughs> business and it's like your that obviously takes some organizational skills. It takes yeah. some like grounding. It takes like mm-hmm. kind of having some established like regimen almost. Some it's like structure, <laughs> you know? So I wonder yeah, if that's it, part of it. I really like structure. I've always had really good time management skills, which has helped me a lot because I go to like a really hard college preparatory school. So we get loads of work. We have to study constantly. So I've kind of been forced to develop that. But um, compared to most like kids my age, I feel like I do have pretty good time management skills. And also my mom is like super organized. I think she has a one wing. Um, so <laughs> she's, she's got a lot of organizational skills also, which has definitely helped. I I ju- yeah, well, go ahead. No, I just want to say like, I love talking to you and I love like your confidence and like the way that you oh, see yourself. You. Like it's really special. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, the Enneagram has helped so much with my confidence. When I first found the Enneagram, I really didn't have much confidence. And a lot of that was due to dance. Like I had a really bad experience with dance and I lost a lot of confidence because Mm. of it. Mm. Um, It kind of felt like a a complete loss of identity because Mm. like I won't really get into it, but like I was never really like seen, like no one paid attention to me. Mm. I was kind of neglected in the dance studio. Um, So yeah, that didn't really help my confidence. Um, but through the language of the Enneagram and growing and healing, I've gained so much confidence and knowing myself and it's just, it's been really great. Like I, I feel like I, I have more confidence than I've had in a really long time. And I'm really proud of myself for that. I think you should be. <laughs> this is really so sweet. That's like a, that's like an Enneagram testimonial. You yeah. know? Enneagram has helped me <laughs> this way. Yeah. <laughs> um, are there any other like little dimensions of the seven that we want to explore with Lily do you think dimensions of the seven you know like subtypes and wings and stances and triads and uh, let I mean, me see what, what about like uh, going to four or one like what is that like? I know I would be curious well it's it's not four and one what is it two and one it's no. it's five and one five and one because oh. I'm like there's no I don't go to seven right 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 yeah <laughs> oh, I always forget the movements <laughs> one um, one in health five in stress Oh, no, one in five in five five in health, one in stress. Five I, in health. Again, can I jump in with the language that I'm going with please, these days? Please, this is, okay. <laughs> side note, decide note. This this freaking language. First of all, I I am a five, and and in fairly, I'll use a fun word here, persnickety, about language, but also when it comes to enneagram stuff, I'm not this picky. And like my wife Marissa just got certified in the enneagram, and is also being picky about this language so because she says stretch and release 
Yeah, stretch and release is, is words people use. I am leaning more towards against your arrow and with your arrow. <sighs> because I learn. well no because I think that it takes away this feeling of like with your arrow against your arrow. It, what does your on you and B say? They say with your arrow and against your arrow. <laughs> <That's okay. laughs> but I think it takes away this like cuz I don't think it's help necessarily helpful to be like in integration or disintegration cuz it's really truly it's just like these numbers on our lines, like we have access to them and the natural growth path does potentially show patterns of like you moving against your arrow, which would be your heavy quotes integration point. But I, I'm because of soul child theory, which I don't know, I, I can't get into it, but I'm like just the I whole, the whole it. arrows and we could, but the whole arrows I'm, I'm finding myself being like, Oh man, there's so much more than I thought. So that's probably why I'm like I get I do get persnickety about language. Okay, okay. Let me let me let me say something to get my head around this. <laughs> okay, uh, the enneagram is a symbol. I'm saying this for myself and for potential listeners. What if they just? What if this is the first no small thing episode they listen? I know. I'm sorry. Yeah. I do this. No, no. It's great. No, it's great. It's just to say enneagram is a symbol. First and foremost, there's there is arrows. There are arrows that are incorporated into the symbol. It's a a symbol of perpetual motion. A symbol of perpetual motion. So, I do like this. I do like the idea that these arrows represent stretch and release, mm-hmm. integration versus non-integration, stress or health. And now, what would you say? <laughs> Against your arrow and with your arrow. Against your arrow and with your arrow. All are helpful. <laughs> yeah, no, all of them are helpful. Okay. Sorry. So how would you want to phrase this question, Lily? <laughs> I don't actually know. <laughs> with your arrow against me. Okay. How about this? Okay. Just with all that in mind as a setup, Lily, what does it feel like for you to go to five? And what does it feel like for you to go to one? That's great. Thank yeah. you. I'm so sorry, you guys. <laughs> this is good. Yeah. So going to five for me looks like slowing down um I know you've mentioned that it's really nice for or Scott you mentioned that it's really nice for you to like sit and be quiet um going to five is like being okay with that and having more moments of solitude and like even like yoga and meditation and just like slower moments instead of like go 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 gotta do all these things you know um and also like being more curious and being more fascinated by all these topics and I can't wait to learn. And it's not like I want to rush through this learning. It's more like, I just want to learn. Like I'm here to learn about this thing. And that's cool that I'm doing this right now, you know? Yeah. Um, so that's, that's what it looks like for me going to the five. Um, and then going to the one, I can become very perfectionistic. And um, definitely when I've been pretty unhealthy, I, yeah, I've been super hard on myself. That inner critic really comes in. And it's a lot of like telling myself, oh, you're not working hard enough. You're not doing it well enough. And I'll force myself to take on too many responsibilities and force myself to be productive when I'm exhausted um, because I'm being hard on myself about it. And I'm like, I need to do this. Like, um, so it's hard, honestly, having that like inner critic. But um, I feel like I've definitely grown out of those tendencies Mm. now. But 
you know, you probably go back to that at any point. So any point you can be 60 and go back to that. Well, point, you know? yeah. Yeah. And it's like, because it's on your line, you have access to the high side of one, you know, it's like mm-hmm. the, like yeah. one is a place of where like, as you continue to develop, it's like the Enneagram helps us to see that, like we're stuck in one specific thing, but we have access to all of these other ways of seeing and being in the world. But like mm-hmm. your ones on your nut and your lines are the ones you have most ready access to. So it's like you have access to the high sides of one too. Mm-hmm. Just like it's, t- it's tough and owning it is Something. Yeah, that's really interesting. Yeah, and my boyfriend's also one, so oh. um, I can see a lot of that through him. And it's interesting. I've actually heard that like seven and ones are like not good together. Really? But I feel. I would yeah, assume I it's a that. good combination. I yeah, feel I, like I think it's a great combination. We we're like really opposite, but we balance each other out so well. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. It's great. Um, yeah, so, I don't yeah. like those predetermined. You know, every relationship is unique. Sure. Yeah. Exactly. Like. Yeah, I don't like it when people are like, oh, what what Enneagram type are you compatible with based on your Enneagram type? I'm like, don't tell me who I'm compatible with. Like, I can be compatible with anyone if I choose to be, you know? Love that. So, yeah. Do you think he'll listen to this episode? Uh, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'll probably listen to. Zach, if you're listening, then good job. <laughs> <laughs> uh, where, what, what else is there to to unravel there's so many things i mean we could talk about like what it means for you to um like reframe something do you find yourself doing that yes definitely um it's funny when i was um in therapy for the first time i was like it was around the time when i found the enneagram and my therapist was actually telling me to reframe things she was like you should be reframing things and i was like that's weird i don't want to reframe things like i was kind of in this rut where i was like it was for like, it was very for like, I was like, I'm going to be sad. This is my identity. I am emotional. I am sad. <laughs> the new me It was not healthy. And I really was not content with that, but that's what I convinced myself, hmm. uh, which I guess even that's reframing. <laughs> like <laughs> I was, I did not like that, but I convinced myself that I did like that. Um, so yeah, but definitely today I reframe a lot of things. Um, I don't know. It's, it's hard because like, you're not really conscious of it. Yeah. Um, it's a very subconscious thing. But when you actually sit down and think about it, it's like, yeah, like, I don't want to think about these sad things that are happening in the world. COVID, whatever. I don't have to think about that. I can think about doing my crochet or doing this craft. I don't have to think about that. So it's like, um, yes, this is sad, but I'm not going to focus on that. And um, that can be good sometimes. Like, I feel like overindulging in the news and in the media um can be really detrimental to mental health but it can be also pretty bad when you just avoid it altogether which i'm guilty of doing (laughs) (laughs) yeah i don't want to think about this stuff that's happening right now yeah and it's i mean it's like back to the rose colored glasses it's like the rose colored glasses are i think a really good analogy for that reframing it's like being able to see something and then see it in like a little bit of a different way, mm-hmm. you know, able yeah. to like take it and then see it through a new lens. Yeah. And for me, it's like hard to like come to terms with reality sometimes. Like I feel like a lot of the time I'm in like my idealistic world. And when I get like reality flashes, I'm like, oh, I don't like this. I don't like that the world is like this. Let me just mm. go to my fantasy world, <laughs> um, which 
it's not the healthiest thing, but it does like protect me from feeling those dark emotions, yeah. which is what the seven doesn't like to feel. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> I like that phrase reality flashes. You know, it's like almost like a lightning reality yeah. flash. Like, no, 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 no. Close the shutters. No, no, don't want to see that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so Donald Trump is president. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> Close that. I'm so excited that like to think about like the the journey and the amount of like again, I'm just like this is so fun and special for you to be 16 and have these tools and have this language. Oh no, it says our internet connection is unstable. Mm -hmm. I hope it stays fine. Um, but I'm like, I can't wait and hope for like our podcast to be interviewing you. Like Lily goes to college, you know, and it's like, you know, and it's like, how's it going? Tell us about what it's like, you know? Oh my gosh, that's so sweet. I'm so excited for college. I tell my friends all the time, like, I wish I was in college right now. Um, I already, like, know what colleges I want to go to, like, my options. Um, so I'm, like... Is it is it I'm, near your home? No, I don't want to be anywhere near Arkansas. <laughs> <laughs> I want to be in California. Like, I went to California last summer, and California is, like, my dream place. Like, um, probably, like, Southern California. I just love the vibes. It is everything, and I love, like the beaches and just like the people there. Where did you go? Where did you go when you were in California? I went to Northern California. I went to San Francisco. I went to um, UC Berkeley for this like kind of like academic program. That's where I said I always pictured Macy going to UC Berkeley and Macy, I I didn't even know what I was saying, but Macy apparently pictured that for themselves. I did figure that for myself. (laughs) Did not get in. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Except you didn't go there. (laughs) I didn't go there. I'm glad I didn't, but it kind of was for sure my dream school all my life. (laughs) But did you go to Southern California too? No, I didn't. But like from what I just like have heard about it (laughs) and a lot of like bloggers from it, I just like really want to go there. And I actually was going to go there. Um, but because of COVID, right here we are. So yeah, that's kind of sad. I lived in Southern California for a year. Really? I loved it. One of the best years of my life. It was everything I hoped it would be and more. Macy is not a fan of Southern California. I'm not. Or at least LA, I guess. Yeah. Mostly LA, but honestly, probably the whole vibe of Southern California. Yeah. I like the vibe. (laughs) I recommend it. (laughs) <laughs> yeah i mean it's everyone's got their vibes moody seattle <laughs> yeah yeah more. would you go to yeah. would you consider something like ucla or something um maybe like the college that i'm looking into is called pitzer it's one of the claremont colleges hmm. which um claremont california is like really near la it's like 30 minutes i think yeah so it but i really want to go to like a smaller college which i guess sexual instinct but <laughs> yeah totally. I, i've always um, wanted to go to a smaller college, a liberal arts. Um, so yeah, probably not going to go to like UCLA or UC Berkeley. They're just kind of too big for me. Yeah. Yeah. Do you, do you know, I mean, I know this is really early to be asking this, but do you know what you'd want to study? Oh yeah. I've known for like a long time. <laughs> okay. <laughs> He's like, I want to yeah. study psychology. Um, I love psychology and I guess the Enneagram is kind of psychology to be honest. It's like pseudo psychology. Yes. Yeah. Um, I, I absolutely love psychology. I've taken a lot of psychology courses. Um, it's just like, I do want to like double major or major and minor. I'm not sure exactly in what, um, I love interior design Hmm. recently. I've wanted to be like an interior designer. Um, but I also love like photography and I love different styles of art. I'm not exactly sure yet, but I want to do something artistic. Um, 
So yeah. Limitless. Can't, Limitless. Can't Minecraft. be bound. <laughs> Minecraft. Yes. Yeah. Macy's starting school in like a few weeks. In like three that's weeks. Awesome. You know, yeah. For psychology. Oh great. That's yeah. awesome. Have yeah. you enjoyed it? Oh thanks. We'll see. I'm nervous. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're all three of us here on this Zoom call, like uh in this very intrigued by the human mind and human yeah. behavior and why we do what we do and cue human behavior by Bjork. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, cue, cue it. <laughs> um, okay, should we wrap up and yeah. then get to Lily thoughts? Well, I think that was the Lily thoughts. I kind of actually really wanted to know where she was going to college <laughs> and what she was interested in doing for her future. So that was it. <laughs> we did it naturally. Okay, wait, I have one more th- seven question. We didn't talk uh-huh. about this, but because we were talking about plans, like I wonder how you feel about like as a planner because sevens are always talked about as being like big into plans. And as you're talking about your major, you're like, I have all these plans. (laughs) Yeah, totally. I feel like I've definitely always been a planner. Um, I have big plans for my futures. Like I know I want to move to California. I know I want to study psychology and some art. I know I want to like start my own business someday. I know I want to build my own house and decorate my own house. This is ambitious. (laughs) (laughs) I know I'm like very ambitious. But um, I know that I want to like travel the world and I want to explore Europe. I actually got to go to Paris and London when I was like nine because I have a lot of family in England. So I got to go visit Europe and I love it there. So I want to visit like all these countries and travel the world. And yeah, I don't know. I have a lot of big dreams and plans. And it's like, it's hard for me because like it seems so far away. And I'm just like, I want to get to it now. I want to get to the juicy parts of life. Like I'm, I'm kind of bored of high school, you know? <laughs> Yeah. Uh, and COVID. <laughs> and COVID. Oh my gosh. I'm so bored. <laughs> no, I think, I think the things that Lily just said are, are like, that is the ultimate sh- show highlight. Like I, I might put that part at the very beginning <laughs> of the episode, you know, cause it's like, that is the sexual Enneagram seven energy. Like yeah. just wanting the most yeah. out of life. Like, let's do this. You know, like mm-hmm. hearing that, I'm so, like, that sounds so exhausting. No, no, both stressful. of you and I are kind of like, let's slow down. And it's, and it's like, <laughs> Lily, this, you'll, you'll find this kind of funny, but it's like, you know, we went to Europe two summers ago for three weeks and there was a long season of us planning it where I was like, I'm probably not going to go. I'm not interested. <laughs> and, and my family was like, this is the time our kids are like, I guess at the time, 14 and uh, 12. And it's like, we're going to take our kids to Europe. And I was like, I, I don't want to get on a big plane and go all the way over to Europe. And once I got there, I was, had a blast, but like, it was just like, I'm just not thinking that way of like all the things we could do. I'm sort of like all the, all the places we could sit and chill out. (laughs) So many great places for that. Yeah, that's very interesting. Yeah. I relate deeply. I'm like, oh, I don't really want to travel far. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And once we get there and set up shop and, you know, yeah, the transition. get comfortable. It's that transition mm-hmm. to the withdrawn stance. And the assertive stance is just always going Let's into the transitions, like always wanting the next thing. Plus, I think yeah. prov- the seven with the self-pres and the six wing is like planning, big mm-hmm. planning vibes. Mm-hmm. Yep. This is so fun. Honestly, if we just only ever did the podcast for Lily, it would be so fun. (laughs) (laughs) It was so side note, I guess, to everybody listening, because this is a high. I'm going to give major caveats. Don't watch this. I guess maybe watch a trailer because this is not for everybody and it's actually not for most people. But um, the show that I've watched now probably... 10 times all the way through. It's called The Midnight Gospel. Oh my God, yes. God's and it's a obsessed. cartoon on Netflix. <laughs> and 
it's funny because the premise is that he's a podcaster, but he only mm-hmm. has one listener. Yeah. And he no. really he really uh, indulges this one listener. He's it's like true. the whole episode he goes to this foreign land and gets some some ice cream and sends it through this sends thing. Sends it to the the one single listener. And, yeah, and like t-shirts and he's like, "Thanks, Clancy. I'll get this ice cream." But it's like that's how I kind of feel with Lily. I Lily obviously isn't our one listener, but I am kind of like, "Lily, I mean, kind of maybe <laughs> one of the top people that gets what I would hope we're trying to do here." Yeah. Yeah. Aww. Yeah. I mean, I'm so glad. Do you want to have any like final seven thoughts? Well, I, I mean, I think we like to end or have like the idea of like advice. And I mean, I mm-hmm. feel like you've been like giving so much advice throughout this whole thing, but like, mm-hmm. I do want to give you the chance to like talk to sevens out there and like say some things to them. Awesome. Okay. Well, this is totally unplanned, but, um, yeah, so I'm only 16. I have a lot of work to do, um, and a lot of growth to do with the Enneagram, but my advice for sevens is just slow down like you've got so many years ahead of you no matter how old you are there's so much time ahead of you you don't need to be constantly looking for the next thing slow down and take some time to appreciate what you have in this present moment and trust me you will feel so much happier it might feel scary at first it might feel unnatural but once you really take that time to practice that routine of slowing down and just sitting with silence or sitting with one thing or just sitting with one person and just being still it is really beautiful and really healing um so that's my biggest piece of advice for sevens but also just keep dreaming like sevens are awesome and we truly i feel like we add a lot to the world every type adds a lot to the world but sevens we add so much positivity and so much goodness to the world and i feel like we should keep doing that like we are a source for light in these really dark times we're having right now. So keep putting out that light mm. and keep spreading your goodness. And yeah, I guess that's my advice. <laughs> no, so it's good. So good. So good. Gosh. I think that will we'll let that be the end of the seven episode. Yes. And, we'll, and then we'll we talk won't just, yeah, well, we second. can just talk to Lily for a second. Thanks for listening, everybody. <laughs> uh, Enneagram forever. Uh, we don't know what our next number is going to be, but, uh, in five in five weeks. In five weeks, we'll have another Enneagram episode for y'all. Let us know what you want. True. We'll try to provide that. Um, but we're probably just going to follow our interest in whatever pops up. So, See you next week. We don't know what our topic is next week. Maybe gender. It might be. It might be. <laughs> okay. okay. Bye, everybody. Bye.